you have to like get past this like you know sometimes there's a bit of a challenging thing that gives you the opportunity to experience something you would otherwise never experience welcome to weathering the run no matter how far you're heading out to run no matter the location or time of day you're out there there's one thing you always have to deal with and that's the weather i'm andrew buck michael a meteorologist and i love running Sometimes the weather's perfect and you just want to keep going on forever. But other times, Mother Nature may take a turn for the worse and you're left to the elements. That's what we're here to do. Hear stories of the craziest weather some runners have experienced and what they may change if given a rerun. So lace up your shoes as we go along with them, weathering the run. What is up, everyone? Thanks for checking out the podcast. And we've got a special guest for episode number one today. His name is Michael Gamp. He uh, is from here in Ohio, and we've shared more than a thousand miles. We started running about five years ago or so, but especially during the pandemic, when everything was locked down, we spent uh, a lot of time together out on the trails. And there's been several instances where weather brought out maybe some not so great decisions by us where we should have probably turned back but instead we've got some great stories to share with you and uh, i'm excited to share this with mike you may hear some clicking initially i thought it was the microphone but it more than likely is his dog walking around but it does go away later on so uh, there's a little bit of clicking but got some great stories here thanks for checking out the podcast welcome mike how are you doing this morning doing great how about yourself not too bad, not too bad. And thank you very much for being the uh, the first guinea pig to come on the show here and talk with us. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about your background. Where are you from? Where do you live? And uh, we'll get into some of the weather coming up. Uh, my background is uh, I was raised in the hills of Appalachia, so uh, southern Ohio, Soda County. Um, where I live now is Westerville. Um, where I run Monday through Friday is Westerville. So if you're out at 530 in the morning, you'll see me cruising around the streets of Westerville. Uh, weekends, it's usually uh, a state park somewhere within a couple hours of Westerville. Okay. Uh, so when you're out there, I mean, you're typically a pretty morning runner uh, rather than some of the afternoon and evenings. So what, in your opinion, is the ideal running weather for you? The ideal running weather for me is probably... 23 degrees with no wind. You like it a little colder. Really, I like it cold. Uh, you get cold, dry air, no wind, clear, nice sky, lots of stars. And I'm assuming no ice, that's ideal. No ice, no snow. So what about your least favorite type of weather to run in? Wind. Wind. Wind, yes. Uh, no matter how big a mountain is, you can always see the end of a mountain. There's no end to wind. This is true. That is very true. Uh, so you've kind of experienced a little bit of everything. Um, some some of your runs you've done self-supported or other runs you've done quite a few hundred milers. So what is some of the craziest weather that you've experienced while running? I have been running for, I'll give you kind of a context for how long I've been running. I started running uh, distance in the year 2000. So it's coming up on 23 years. Um, most all of that has been in Ohio because I live in Ohio, but occasionally do, you know, travel around the East coast. So I have run in every type of weather that you can imagine East of the Mississippi. Um, don't have any experience in extreme desert heat, uh, but heat, humidity, snow, ice, floods, severe thunderstorms, you name it. I've run through all of it. 
what would be is there any moments that stick out in your memory that where you're just kind of like what am i doing out here uh yeah that comes up fairly regularly um whenever it's really windy um whenever it's icy and i run you know it's like why am i here running on ice the um uh, the running sometimes like you know there's a difference in a recreational run organized or organized race and sometimes in organized races we find ourselves out in the middle of nowhere and you know the idea of like you know be weather aware avoid the thunderstorm it's like but i'm here now what do i do and so you just run through it uh, probably the worst experience or one of the worst judgment calls i have actually there's two of them and you were there for both of them uh, one of them was at Tar Hollow, where we decided to run through uh, ice covered over top of, I think, six inches of snow, four or five, six inches of snow. And we decided that, you know, 10 miles of that would be a great idea, post-pulling through, you know, through a crust of ice. That was not great. And then the other one was at Clear Creek Metro Park last year, where we go down, went down there and found out that the ice storm that happened last winter had turned all the trails into an ice luge but we still decide to complete our run anyway. The one thing I think with both of those though, is we both kind of stopped at the beginning. We were like, are we fine to keep going? And I think that if we were there solo, we would have reconsidered, but I think we were kind of each other's safety net to be like, Oh, well, at least someone else is here. If something happens. Oh, I would agree. Now at Tar Hollow, we had the wisdom to turn an 18 mile run into a nine mile run. But at Clear Creek, after I slid off of the hill and down the stairs, later found out I kind of pulled or cracked or something in my rib cage. We still finished our run that day. We did. And what we did, too, is we parked on the south side of some of the hills that were down there. And the storm that came through, there was a lot of sleet. So what happened is on the south side of the hills, there wasn't nearly as much ice. So we started, you know, it was a little ice, but... It was on some of those northern slopes where anything that could collect ice turned into just basically a luge. And, I mean, I've got video of us trying to start to descend some of those icy luges. And at one point, I mean, you couldn't even stop yourself till you hit the bottom, right? Correct. And what was your thought when you started to slide there? Uh, it's the last comment you hear on the black box of every flight reporter. Oh, shit. Because you just don't know how far you're going to go and keep sliding. The other no. thing, too, with tar we did have enough wisdom when we did the Tar Hollow post holing. Like you said, there was about six inches of snow and then a crust of ice that was probably about an inch thick on top of it. And I do remember we left the trailhead and maybe about a half a mile in, we both kind of turned, stopped, and looked at each other and said, Should we keep going or should we turn back? <laughs> But we did share, like, we were like ice breaking, so we shared being in the lead. We did. We both took took turns post-holing to at least break through the ice. And I know I at least had on two pairs of socks. You only had on one. And I'm you were, your feet were pretty tore up, I remember. Or at least yeah, my, uh, my ankles, and I did have a touch of frostbite on, like, uh, pinky toes. Yeah. I mean, you're fine now? You, you kept oh, yeah. your toes? Oh, yeah. Physically. You mentioned earlier running in the desert. Have you done that? I have not. You have not done that. No, the closest you, thing would have been, you know, whenever I ran in Western States a couple of years ago and some of the, like the desert-like conditions like that, but I wouldn't compare that with like Death Valley or true, true desert. And you mentioned too, like when you're out there, you're out there. So as far as running 
for instance, during a thunderstorm or something like that? Have you ever paused or tried to find shelter, or is it basically just keep going? Keep going. But, you know, I always, you know, offer to anyone whenever I share the things that I do, it's like, you know, do not, like, consider that a, like an endorsement of things that other people should do. And I just look through and I figure, like, you know, I'm out here. There's a lot of trees around. You know, if it's my day, it's my day. I just need to get down this trail. And so it's not a, you know, an opportunity to even say, like, well, you know, if I exercise some bit of good judgment or wisdom, I would choose not to be out here. You're just already there. Now, obviously, I mean, I mean, if there were conditions, I can't think of anything that come to mind. It's like, you know, I wouldn't be inclined to be like out on the Great Plains, like being the only thing sticking up off of the ground in a thunderstorm. But I've always been like in near the woods. All right. And as far as crazy weather conditions, I know that you've run some races. Uh, Warhammer 100 was one of the races. What were the conditions for that? Um, there was a it was a combination of two things. It was extremely hot and humid. So we're talking, you know, mid nineties and just crazy humidity punctuated by chains of severe thunderstorms. And that was in a period of time where, you know, in the week prior, a lot of thunderstorms have been rolling through that area. So what it wasn't an easy race course, but the course was made much more difficult from down trees, washed out trails, um, flooded trail sections, creek sections that should have been waiting that ended up being, um, you know, maybe waist high. Um, uh, most of the nighttime parts that I was running, the trails were just running creeks because the trails were near wallowed down and it was just the water just rolling off of the hillsides. And I mean, for you, I know that humidity kind of affects you too when you run, correct? Oh, yes. Um, humidity even more than temperature i noticed earlier this year you and i were running a slate run and i think it was maybe 50 or high 40s and it was really humid it's like that bothers me more than you know um 70 degrees and arid now do you think when you went out rest because they always say humidity is kind of the poor man's substitute for altitude do you think that that helped you at all when you tried to go out to run at western states it did. Um, I would say, I don't know that I would say it's a one for one, but, you know, if you get, you know, clean air to breathe or, you know, nice, you know, crisp, dry air to breathe, then that helps offset any out, uh, impact of, you know, you know, elevation as long as you're not talking about crazy elevation. Um, the bigger thing, you know, going out west and some of those things is just the long sustained climbs. Uh, we just have these punchy hills out back east mostly, and out there it's a much longer sustained climb. But I do think it is an accurate comparison to say, you know, you pull away the humidity, and that's you know kind of a taxing thing on our body that goes away. It's like, do you have less oxygen? Yeah, but you can actually breathe the air that you're breathing. And you used to do, you had a really long run streak a long time ago, correct? I did, uh, ten years. Do you think that that at all helped? harden you at all to just kind of run in any conditions because there's some runners that won't run in certain conditions but when you do that you basically have to get up and just do it right uh you do and you know there's pluses and minuses to like pushing through things and you know hopefully like we gather wisdom before we kill our cool selves and so the 10-year run streak um i ran through everything i ran everywhere 
Um, if I was sick, I was ran. I had same day surgery and ran. You know, I had wisdom teeth that pulled out and I ran. You know, because I just always ran. Now, should I have done that? No, but like I was kind of locked into something there. But the idea of weather, you know, you do need to think about like what types of runs if you're going to sign up for races and where are they? And we don't pick the weather for the race on the day that we show up. Now, the race can get called because of something just totally extreme. But you can expect you're, you're going to see rain. You're going to see wind. It could be cold. It could be like unusually hot. And you're just waiting for the perfect time. It's like, you know, I told you my perfect weather. And it's like, I don't know how often that happens. You know, I don't get like 22 degrees and no wind hardly ever. And one of the other things that you did is you did a self-supported uh, 150 miles around Shawnee State Park. And that one, you set up your own aid stations. You were out there in the elements for that entire time. For that, I mean, you, you were lucky it was dry for it, but did you do any sort of special preparations as far as extra hydration or anything like that since you were out there self-supported? Um, we are all experiments of one. I didn't come up with that. I've heard it before in other podcasts, but you know, it's good to gain knowledge and wisdom from other people, but there's no substitution of learning your own wisdom and what works for us. And so the answer to those questions are yes. You know, I had banked some experience and knowledge from doing a lot of things over a lot of years, so I know what I need. And if it's really, really hot, it's really, really hot. I mean, I'm not going to change that. You know, what do you do about it? It's like, I'm a heavy sweater. I will suck down two liters of hydration at every five to six miles in those kind of conditions. I got to have fluid or I need to slow down or I need to do both. And whenever it comes time to get hydration, you push it and you got to push it until you can't take it anymore. And, you know, if you're anyone that's been running ultras, I mean, one of the like, you know, the, the easiest brawlers, like, when's the last time you stopped and peed? And if it's been a really long time, you know, you, you are like you are running up next to a problem and you are you going to choose to do something about it or not? And so, you know, whether it's run, hydration or prep, it's learning all those conditions and like being able to understand it's time to adapt. Like, you know, okay, it's 100 degrees out. What are you going to do? Well, run slower, dummy. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's 100 degrees for everyone else. It's like you cannot go and sustain like what you normally would do. I saw in 2004, I ran the Boston Marathon, and I don't know if the record's been beaten since then, but at that time in April, it was 87 degrees during the marathon. And in an elite field of runners, I don't remember what the percentage was, but the last 10K of the Boston Marathon, the route was nothing but runners who were collapsing on the pavement from dehydration. No one's one, or not no one, most people didn't want to alter their pace at the Boston Marathon, and so they didn't finish. And so, you know, I went slower. The two slowest marathons on the road I ever ran were a New York City Marathon and the Boston Marathon, but I did DNF them. And when you say when you had something like that, have you have you ever reached the limit of where you were so dehydrated where you weren't pushing the fluids enough when it's hotter? Um, no, um, because I always had enough awareness to know when that was happening. Um, early on, whenever I first running, I started running down to Shawnee, is there's a lot of great things about Shawnee in the fact that there are campsites that have um, potable water there. 
the bad thing is, is if you are a newbie and you don't know where those are, and you blow by one of them in the summer, you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing to drink. And that happened the first time I went to Shawnee and I went 12 or 13 miles with no water refill. I just slowed down because like, all I know is I need to get to the next one. And at some point in the back of your head, you know, it's like, you know, if there's a choice between I'm going to like maybe go to the hospital a couple of days versus I'm not going to get out of this woods, you would drink water out of anything. But since then, like I've gotten a lot smarter. And if I'm somewhere where there's any doubt about that, if I make sure that is it a place where there is water available in any way, shape, or form, and I have a life straw in my pack. Because that way, at least if you can find a stream, you can get something. Exactly. Whoa! That scared me, too. Got a quick lightning delay before we get back to the episode, and this is a great chance to hit that subscribe button, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app, and that way you're notified when a new episode of Weathering the Run comes out, which is every other Wednesday morning. And maybe you know someone that this story could relate to. Share it with them. Maybe you got a great story yourself. Let me know about it. Weatheringtherun at gmail.com. Right now, back to the episode. So in some of the races that you've done, Grindstone 100, um, you've done Warhammer, uh, Mohican, even Western States. What was some of the craziest weather you had during races when you're out there in the elements for a race setting? Craziest... um... Oh, gee, I've had two of them, and like you know, the, the couple you and I ran Red River Gorge last fall, and the couple you know, ever since moved on, they sold the event to someone else. But like, it's two events they put on. One of them was World Warhammer, it was just the extreme heat, the flooding, the thunderstorm, just one right after the other. And another one that was really extreme was a 100K they put on that was in a similar area down there called the Red River Crest, and they, they haven't done it forever. And it was just nonstop rain for 62 miles and, you know, just, just relentless, you know, being out there in the dark and the rain. Um, as far as other extreme things that I've done as far as races, uh, it always ended up being that rocks and roots race up there at Allen Creek. And, you know, I've run that in single digits where you know, your handheld freezes up within you know, a six mile loop and tromping through 50 K of nothing but mud, you know, it's uh you know don't like underestimate like the difficulty of just tromping through mud for hours and hours and hours i mean that'll wear you out faster than just running nonstop. exactly and you also did georgia death race and you had you've told me before like some of the thunderstorms that you had there not necessarily during the race but even leading up to it was crazy oh yeah the weekend before there was uh you know or there were two or three days before like there was extremely severe thunderstorms that hit that part of North Georgia and, you know, trail washouts, bridge washouts, um, just lots of debris, rocks, roots and stuff all over the place. And so the ultra running is, you know, you just kind of shrug your shoulders and, you know, I don't know, like those things don't bother me. I actually, you know, I don't know why I like it. You know, I like the fact that it's a challenging thing. You know, it gives me something to think of. There's absolutely no reason you should be bored. You know, what is it? Do you have a mantra or anything that helps you just to keep pushing through? Whether it's the weather, hydration, or anything in the world, I have a you know a few things. But one of the simple things that I had stuck in my head for years is I always cross finish lines. Like I always cross finish lines, and so you know wherever I am, it's like just to me a non-negotiable is I can't tell you like how fast I'm going to do it, but my intention is I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it before the cutoff time. 
And with that, I mean, you've obviously, with all these different conditions you've run in, and whether it's the winter, the heat, the humidity, the cold, um, I'm a big gearhead person. Unique pieces of gear can really help you get through those unique situations. Is there anything that you've used or purchased because of being out in weird elements? Yes. Um, there's a couple things that, you know, if I had to pick them, I mean, I'll give like two things that are some of the easiest things that, you know, I would never want to be without. And, you know, if it looks like it's going to be cold, windy, rainy, wet, a rain shell. And I looked a few years ago online, and the only thing I could find that, like, looked like it met what I wanted was an Arc'teryx jacket, which cost way more than I wanted to spend for a silly little rain shell. But I bought that rain shell jacket, and that rain shell jacket I had with me at the Redbird Crest, and I was one of only, I think, 10 or less people that actually even finished the race. And part of it is like I had this Arc'teryx jacket. I still have it. And so I'll throw that in the pack. It's like as long as you're moving, you know, that will overcome a whole lot in terms of like, you know, heat, wind, rain, whatever. And it's like it weighs almost nothing. The other thing is if conditions are extreme, if we don't take care of our feet, you aren't going to go anywhere. And so stop, you know, change your socks out. Like if you're using you know, trail toes, squirrels, nut butter, whatever your, your pick your poison is, take care of your feet because you go sit in the bathtub for a few hours and see what, like what happens. That's what happens when our feet are in water all the time. And you, by taking a bit of preventative maintenance, you are going to go farther at a more steady pace and actually finish the race. We've probably run together for, I don't know how long now, three years, longer than that. It was before the pandemic. I have never seen you actually wear your Arteryx jacket. So <laughs> if I ever see you pull that out and I I see you put that on, I know that we are in for one heck of a ride. We are because I had it on last week whenever I was down in Tennessee on vacation. I hate wearing a rain shell, you know, because I feel like I have a Ziploc baggie on my body. So I will only pull it out in a life or death situation. And you mentioned too, like with the uh, taking care of your feet, have you ever had feet issues? Like you said, I mean, if you're in the bathtub for a long time, has that ever, has that ever crept up on you or almost taken you out of a race or a situation? It could have. Uh, the, my first hundred that I attempted was Mohican. And you're just, uh, to do the hundred, you do four laps around Mohican. And, I had never run a hundred mile run, obviously, because it's my first one. And if anyone who's run a road marathon, those are painful. You will hurt after you run a road marathon. But if you run 26 miles, you can afford to like block out pain, cross the finish line. You might have some chafing, you might have a blister, and it's going to be unpleasant, but you go home and life is pretty good. You don't not finish. At Bohican, you know, my body and knowledge or wisdom didn't include the fact that like you had a hundred mile race, Everything can seem fine while you're running until you realize that it's not fine. So after the first three laps, you know, my feet were hurting and I stopped and, you know, I had the medical aid tent. They pulled my shoes, like shoes off and like my feet swelled up and, you know, they, they weren't like, they weren't something I wanted to look at. And they were trying to talk me into getting back on the trail. I was like, oh, I'm going back. I have one more lap. I'm not going to DNF this hundred miler. And they wrapped my feet up. I did the last lap and then. You know, I got back and it wasn't a pretty sight, but it was a lesson learned. It's like, you know, hey, if I had spent like a handful of minutes, you know, 
pulling on some dry socks, reapplying like trail toes or something like that, I could have avoided that outcome and probably cut, you know, a couple hours off my finish time and felt a whole lot better about it. And you mentioned too, like when you did like the Warhammer race where you were going through water a lot, uh, was there any time at that point where that was an issue for you? It never was. I had, um, at that race, it was a double out and back and we, you had the start and finish were in the middle. So you went 25 one way, came back, went 25 the other way, came back. So I had drop bags at both terminuses, plus I had my Jeep in the middle. And so every time I passed those, I did three changes. Um, and uh, when I passed back the central part, I did a shoe and sock change, as well as like did the trail toes and stuff like that. And I did not have any real issues of uh foot things i mean they were shriveled up but i didn't have like macerated feet or i didn't have you know blisters or nothing like that um i avoided all that and something else that i found and i know you're a user of libra but too is like exoskin socks like they were they just really really worked for me yeah i think either just putting that piece of fabric in between your toes at least any kind of toe sock seems to do wonders for that so as far as looking forward now, any big races you have coming up or anything that's going to be unique as far as weather situation that you've looked at? I don't know because you can't tell me what the weather's going to be. Uh, um, as far as unique races, uh, I know you and I are on a team here in a couple of months that we're going to go down and like you know, you know, do a five-person team at the Buck 50. So I'm really looking forward to spending a weekend you know, you know, with four other guys in a van uh, trotting around the hills of Ross County, Chillicothe, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, next week, I'm going down and running a little 50K in New River Gorge just for fun. And I think I'm going back to Mohican, believe it or not. So you know, anyone listening to this podcast would know that I did a Tom Brady last year and said I was retired. But, like, here I am. You had to come back. So um, I know I've, we've probably done this question on the trail, but just as far as I, something I want to do with everybody, it's always a fun question. If you could pick three different characteristics of a trail, whether it's mountains, water, uh, pine trees, whether it's uh, wildlife or whatever, if you could pick three characteristics of a trail, someplace that you would just love to be, weather being one of those three, what would you pick? Obviously, probably cold and dry. Cold and dry for a run, but I'm going to tell you an experience that I had that will be with me forever, and it happened during a race. It was Quest for the Crest down in North Carolina. You know, it's down near the Asheville area, and like you're part of the race goes up over Mount Mitchell. You're the highest point, you know, you in the eastern part of the United States. And the race starts off at the bottom of a big mountain climb, and it, I don't remember it's four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, or whenever it starts. And the race director has it designed, and the intention is you do this ridiculous climb. And there's parts of it that the climb is like a thousand feet a mile. I mean, it's that extreme in the eastern United States, just straight up. But what happens is you hit the crest of the mountain as the sun is rising to the east. And my ideal experience was going up through that, and you go through the different types of forests. I mean, there's hardwood, and then you go through pine. Then you go through the, like the part of the mountains where there's the rock falls. You're going through like the geological history of time. And we hit the peak of that mountain ridge. It was spring. It was May. The temperatures were moderate. And we were above and we saw the sun rise out of the cloud cover sitting down in the valley. 
And you know, as we stood up there, I you have to be there to understand what it's like to have an experience that you see something, but you experience it with every single sense of your body. Like you feel it, you taste it, you smell it, like you see it, and like all those things come at you all at once, and then you just kind of suck it in. You could never take a picture of it, and then you turn around and trot on down the trail. And so those are the experiences that, you know, that I say, like, people, like, why do you do this? And, like, I've had similar things at Shawnee. It's like, unless you're there, like, you pay a physical price to get rewards, and you don't know where they're going to come from. I love it. When you hit the top there, I mean, how did you take much time at all to kind of soak it in, or was it just kind of? I would say no more than 10 seconds because you look at it and it's like, you I mean, I literally breathed it in. I breathed in the view and it's like, yeah. And like, you know, it's in my head. It's not going anywhere. And you know, I can't repeat it. You know, once I experienced it, like there's the hit from it. Um, there's just, you know, I can think of like experiences like that. And, you know, when we think about weather and extreme weather, um, there's always like different ways you can look at things and how we think about it. And so I told you about like how difficult like Warhammer was, but there was also waterfalls everywhere. You know, there like everywhere is a waterfall. You know, whenever it's cold out, that's when we get the really arid atmosphere where you can see the stars popped. You know, like you have to like get past this like, you know, sometimes there's a bit of a challenging thing that gives you the opportunity to experience something you would otherwise never experience. So I guess you would pick one of those total body weird experiences for one of the three things. If there was any, like, what other kind of characteristics? Mountainous terrain, tree, I mean, and he's... Give me a mountain. Mountain? Give me a mountain with trees. And like I said, I, I grew up in the hills of Appalachia in southern Ohio, and I am at home outside in the woods uh, rolling single track east coast hills that's what i grew up in my playground was that and so you know now as a you know an older adult like i'm still just the kid that i always was perfect i think that wraps it all up thanks mike my pleasure thanks for listening to weathering the run we're just getting started here and i've got some fun stuff planned ahead of us and some really awesome guests that I have lined up. So stay tuned. And if you could leave a review, share this with your friends on social media. So that way more people can find out about it and make sure to subscribe. So that way you'll know when future episodes come out. Really appreciate it. See you out there on the trail.